0: Well, if you're listening, that means you found us. This is episode one of Hitting the Gap podcast. I'm Justin Ransom sitting here with my good friend Jeff Benedict. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking everything college football in any aspect that you can imagine. So Jeff, I'm glad to have you here, man. Yeah, man. I'm glad we're finally able to get this thing off the ground. It's, it's been a long time coming and uh, I know you're excited. I'm excited. Let's let's get this thing going. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've been able to talk college football or just sports in general. I'm, I've been in news for the last, you know, almost four years. Uh, I know you've been excited to get back into football. You've been writing a lot, which I nice. have. I have. Keeps those keeps those creative juices going. Exactly. So we got a lot a lot to cover today. We're gonna start with uh Jeff, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, like you know, your background in sports. You know, me and you worked together at nine two nine the game. You were on air, I was your producer, uh did that for almost two years together. Yeah, man. Uh, so you know, what are you looking forward to most about doing this podcast? Yeah, I just I, I like the, the fact that
1: one this is something that we're both very passionate about like
0: we both enjoy football right
1: but there's just something about college football so uh you know i, I walked away from radio a few years ago to, to worry about some other things and to take care of some other things and uh like you have been itching to get back in there so I'm, I'm glad that that this idea that was born and I'm, I'm glad you've done a lot of work to get this thing off the ground and I, I don't know man there's just something about sitting down in front of a microphone and just talking you know what i mean like it's just I, I don't know how else to say i, I i'd write a lot i probably write you know 20,000 words a month on football, whether it's NFL, college football, whatever, but there's just something about being able to talk about it, be able to, to get your voice across, be able to put words to, you know, not
0: even to paper, but words to air, right, to talk yeah, about it exactly. to, so people can feel the excitement. No, 100%, and we're both super excited to do this, and uh hope you join us each and every week. While we uh, do this, it'll be every Monday. We're doing this on a, on a Wednesday this week because of Memorial Day holiday and stuff like that, so... Be a quick turnaround for the next podcast. So, uh, stick how how, that how drunk one. did you get
1: Monday night? No,
0: nah, I had to work. Oh, Okay. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I still I still had to work. So. Oh well. Pfft. All right. Well, let let's just jump right into this. I know you know there's a lot happening right now in the world. Coronavirus has affected a lot of things. Football has not been excluded from that. Games have been happening. The Power Five now start this week. Tomorrow night, Thursday, we get Miami versus UAB. Big time football happening. But it's been different seeing football games with no fans. But I'm excited to see football being played again. You know, having watched, you know, Navy, BYU this week, you know, watched
1: the FCS games last week. No fans doesn't even bother me. It just, it, it doesn't. And, and you know, I know ESPN and the other, the other broadcasters of ABC, whatever, I guess it's all the same family. <laughs> and I know they've been pumping a little bit of fake uh, crowd noise into it. I hate it when it comes to like the NBA games and the MLS games and all the other stuff, baseball, but it hasn't bothered me with college football because it, it hasn't been over the top, right? It's just it feels like it's just it's just enough. Uh, so I, to to me the fact that fans aren't going to be there doesn't bother me. It, to me it's still football. Um, I I love the fact that we get some of the other nuances of the game that you normally don't get unless you're at a game sitting close. Uh, so I I've I haven't it hasn't bothered me and I'm looking forward to. You know, whether it's Miami, you know, UAB tomorrow, whether
0: it's Clemson, Wake Forest this weekend, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to all of it. Yeah. And to me, the only the only factor I feel like that's really going to affect fans not being in attendance are for the players. You know, you don't have that home field advantage anymore as a fan watching from home. You know, the only real time you notice fans is pregame stuff. You know, when you got NC State doing their stuff, their the big hype up music, you know, Michigan's big house, like rubbing the rock at Clemson, you know, those those pregame traditions are gonna be different this year, but actually watching a game, it's not gonna feel much different than it would with fans. Well you know and and even offensive
1: players will tell you they don't know that the fans are there, right? Because when when you're on offense, especially when you're at home stadiums quiet anyway like you may have a small little murmur in the corner where the opposing fans are but by and large the off you know the stadiums are normally quiet when the offense is on the field so i you know they won't feel a difference you know we all know defenders like to get you know the crowd into it but when that ball snapped they're not paying attention to that either right like they, they they're focusing on on what they have to do in front of them and what their assignment is and, and making plays and so you know it, it it may be a little noticeable for players at, at first, but you know by games two or three they'll be into it. They'll be used to
0: it, and you know just be football as normal, which is what we need. True, and you know one thing that I had noticed during the BYU Navy game is you hear a lot more of the sidelines. Yeah. And you hear these players, you know, hyping up their guys on the field after a turnover, after yeah. a big play, after a first down, penalties. You know, getting mad about it. So that's been interesting to hear. You know, the actual players who aren't in the game, actually impacting the game you know I, I and i love that stuff you know that's that's
1: what one thing that i thought was great about the the xfl and the aaf was you know getting to hear some of the sideline sounds you know i've said for a long time that i would love i would pay good pay-per-view money to hear certain guys mic'd up and it goes back to the michael crabtree richard sherman stuff from about five or six years ago when uh crabtree was with the 49ers and in um uh, sherman was with the seahawks but just i would pay to listen to the smack talk between them and so i think that unfortunately i think a lot of it was going to get bleeped out but i'm looking forward to hearing some of the 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 sounds of the game yeah right that we would normally never
0: hear true and i'm wondering i think the nfl will probably do this uh, mocking up players and coaches with no fans i'm really curious if if some college coaches will get mic'd up this season you know i i don't know that's that's a really good question i
1: don't know that they would because coaches like to say things and there's a lot of in-game – and, of course, they would bleep out the in-game strategy. But, you know, coaches are really finicky, right? They, they are very – I don't know if superstitious is the right word, but they're very much a leave me alone, let me do what I do. I'll talk to you at halftime and after the game. So, I i, I mean, I'm sure there are some out there that would do it. Um, I would love to have, like, Mike Leach. Oh, like, I would yes. love to hear that dude because, you know, he's going to say some stupid crap just in the middle of the game. It's almost like he's got, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what what is that thing where you blurt out? Tourette's. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, he has
0: Tourette's, right? And you imagine him in the middle of the first quarter just screaming out the F word? That would be amazing. It would be pretty awesome. And that kind of segues us into, you know, we're, we're talking about possible changes in this season in in such a, a strange time, mm-hmm. and it's a, a strange atmosphere of college football, you know, What are some things that you feel could evolve and that could be carried over from something? Because hopefully next season, we're we're semi-back to normal. we got fans. So what things do you think would carry over from a season like this where we're kind of taking each day at a time and possibly be implemented going forward?
1: You know, one thing that I would
0: actually like to see, at least going into the
1: season, right, and actually sitting down and thinking about this, one thing that I would love to see them keep and move forward with is the conference-only play. And I, and I know everybody talks about how you know we we need to have more cross-conference stuff, more of the, the LSU, Ohio State's, or Ohio State's, Oregon's. Like, I understand all that, and that's fine. But I, for me, especially when you, you only have a 14 playoff, like, take the best, right? One, I love the fact that the ACC got rid of their divisions, right? So if it's Notre Dame comes at the end of the year, they get to have a rematch a month later, right? Like I love that, and the Big Twelve has done it now for a couple of years, right? They they take the top two teams after they play nine conference games and they play a championship game. I think everybody should do that, and, and so I, I hope that they evolve something of that. Um, you know I know that it, it's going to screw over the smaller schools it, it, that that these schools play. You know the Georgia States, the Citadels, you know the Furmans, those kind of of schools that. Really do count on those paycheck games. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you keep it at, at 10 conference games, and then you have, you know, an 11th game for, I don't know, the smaller schools, and you have a 12th game to play another Power 5 school, right? So 12 games, which is what you have now. But to me, the more conference games, the, the better truly, it's, it's the best way to me that you actually determine who wins a conference. Right? Because you've now 10 games is a lot more than eight. And I think we both agree, you know, 10 is bigger than eight. But for me, when you get rid of the divisions, you have the two best teams, you truly are going to get the best four teams in the college football playoff at that point.
0: Yeah. So I, I agree with you to a point. I enjoyed the cross conference play <laughs> for the bigger games because if you don't have the, then you're just basically playing in, in individual bubbles and you don't really know how these teams match up against other teams in other conferences until the playoff. And at that point it's one or two games. So like is the number two team in the in the SEC, you know, better than the number one team in the ACC? You'll you'll never really know that because you're only playing But you're not gonna have that most of the times you're not gonna have that game anyway. Well they've Right and, and
1: and here's my argument, my counter to that, <laughs> okay. right? Is when you look at these big games, when do they typically happen? Early in the season. Right. And how different are those teams fourteen weeks later? Right? Alabama USC gate week 1 is not going to be Alabama USC week 13. Right? Agreed. Those teams have completely evolved. They've found an identity, they've got chemistry. So to me, if you're going to play those games and again, I don't mind that you do play those games, but let's do it when 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 teams are who they are. And not early in the season, just because it's, it's a game to go play. And don't get me wrong. I love the Chick-fil-A kickoff games. They're fantastic. Um, you know, the one that takes place in Charlotte is great. I don't know what the hell it's going to be called now. The one in Texas uh, is good. The one in Texas is very good. Yeah, so, like, you've got a lot of really good sites and a lot of really good games. But to me, like, I, I want the best of the best. And, and to me, if it's if it's about finding the best team in every conference, play more conference games, the winner of
0: that conference gets to go then play for a national title. Agreed, and you know, and the big difference is, you know, we can we can reference the NFL here. You know, it doesn't matter if if the defending Super Bowl champs play Super Bowl contender for this you know upcoming season week one or two. Right, it doesn't matter because eight teams make the playoff. Right, you know, or eight teams from each division, sure. each conference. So it's like it's a little different. You know, these coaches in these or, in these teams in college, Alabama doesn't want to play. You know, Clemson. Week, right. You know, week twelve in the season sure. they don't want to play them late they don't play them early because then they can turn the season around if right. they were to lose right so there's a little there's a little, a lot more lose, writing <laughs> okay there's a lot more writing on it than it is in sure. nfl you know and and the playoff has definitely helped turn that around we've had disagreements we can save this topic for another yeah, podcast we can. but the we playoff expansion i that. think the playoff should expand you don't <laughs> we'll get to that maybe next week we got way too much to cover this week uh, before you even touch that with a 10-foot pole. But you know
1: what, though? like I'm sorry, but the conference expansion talk is is no different than Jordan versus LeBron. Like It's something that you throw out there when you have nothing left to say. And if we have nothing left to say during our second podcast, then we might as well just pack this shit up now and keep it going.
0: I th- I think it's a, a big topic. But let's talk about, you know, we're, we're talking about these big games. We're talking about these, these matchups and stuff like this. Let's talk about teams that have a legitimate shot at winning a national championship this year and teams that are more highly ranked than they should be you know so for me when you when you come down to the
1: pretenders and the contenders right like to me there there are legitimately two teams that are contenders uh obviously my alma mater in clemson uh, to me is, is a no-brainer and alabama is the other one and not because it's alabama um or you know clemson but they have the two best rosters um they've got you know you look at the top four or five players in the country it comes from those two teams and it's probably more than the top four or five if, I, if we're being honest Uh, The majority of the top 10 players in the country that that haven't opted out are on those two rosters, right? The two best coaches in college football. Uh, And and so when I look at that, I just I don't know how anybody else is even in the conversation. Uh, I think when you look at at the pretending uh, uh, column, I think you have teams like Georgia. I, sorry, guys, I, I know we're recording this now in the middle of dog country. <laughs> uh, you, you all are great people for the most part. There's, you know, like every other fan base, some of you are obnoxious. But yeah. by and large, you guys are great people. But to me, Kirby Smart is not a national championship coach, and that matters. Right? Coaching matters. Coaching decisions matter. So Georgia, to me, until Kirby can actually put it together in, in, in more than one year, which is all he's done so far, no. uh, they're always going to be pretenders to me. LSU is going to be a really bad team this year. Uh, I would be shocked if they got to eight wins.
0: Yeah, I would LSU was my pretender big time. I mean, you lose Joe Burrow, you lose your offensive coordinator to the NFL, Joe Brady, you lose your, you know, receivers, your top receiver coming back, ops out of the season. You know, Miles Brennan could be good. We don't really know. Could be. I mean, he's he's only he's had a few games, but right. There's really not enough on him to know whether or not he could be the next Joe Burrow. Right. Um, I do think they're very overrated this year. Um, I think Ed Orgeron did a great job last year. But I think, you know, losing your offensive of coordinator, losing all the pieces you lost this, this season, they're going to fall off quick. I mean, any, a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? Like, true, true. eventually
1: somebody finds something. And, and Ordron has been at this long enough. They had a great year. Don't take anything away from them. Like, they earned it. That was one of the greatest college football seasons we've ever seen, right? Burrow put up ridiculous numbers. You know, the offense was insane. Defense made enough plays. They made the best coaching decisions. Like, it all fell in line with him, and, and nobody should take that away from them by any stretch of the imagination.
0: No, and, you know, we can kind of lap over some other topics here. You know, the Joe Burrow situation, you know, really plays into what's happening with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 right now. You know, you've got these conferences who are not – they've decided not to play football. And, you know, I understand safety is a huge concern right now, but you have high school football playing. You've got other big conferences playing. You've got smaller conferences playing. And you've got players who are trying to make a name for themselves. This isn't just about playing football. This is about making a career here for these players. Mm-hmm. If if the coronavirus happened last year, Joe Burrow is probably not even drafted.
1: Oh, yeah. No, not at all. You know what I'm
0: saying? And, and now he's the number one overall pick after an amazing season. You've got a countless amount of players trying to make that same kind of name mm-hmm. for themselves, and they're not getting the opportunity. Nope. And, you know, to me, you know, you can talk about how this is, oh, football, it's bigger than football, but for these kids, but for these kids, football is everything. And it's like I said, it's not just, it's not just about playing a game. It's about a, a, literally a life altering situation, millions on the line. But, you know, for me, it's, it's not even about the, the millions on the line.
1: Like when you look at, and, and, you know, because of what I do full time, I, I look at the mental health aspect for these kids, man, like. There's a lot of guys where this is all they have. And, and you know, we can sit here and we can protest and we can do all these things that the athletes need to be treated better and we can give. There's a lot of different things, right, which is a whole other topic for another day. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of these kids only have football and you've taken that away from them. And, and, and you know, guys like Kevin Warren and, and, and Larry Shiat out there in, in uh, the Pac-12, like these guys – made a decision. And, and it's not just for football, right? It's you're literally talking soccer, volleyball, um, you know, cross country. Like there's a lot of athletes that were impacted. And when you look at that, you know, when when you take what these, these, these athletes have done for 20 years now, and, and they've, they dedicate half of their life to do this stuff and you've ripped it away from them. And meanwhile, now they got to look around, they see their high school teammates playing in a couple states over. They they go back to their old high school and they're playing or you know they, they go to the Division 2 school across the street and they see them playing and you're like what the hell is going on? Like how is it we have the best doctors, we have the best facilities, we have the best everything you
0: can buy and we're not playing. And and the biggest, you know, talking point for me and I know this has been mentioned nationally as well, but you know Kevin Warren, it ultimately fell on him to make these He's kind a of decisions hypocrite. and You know, you you basically make the decision that for thousands of student athletes, it is not safe for you to play. While your son is at Mississippi State getting ready to play. So it's safe for your son to play, but you can decide that it's not safe for thousands of others not to play.
1: Well, not only that, but let's remember three days before he made the announcement, he was asked, are you okay with your son playing? And he was like, I am absolutely 100% okay with my son playing. Well, if you're going to, to me, if you're going to make that decision and you're going to make that decision for thousands of athletes across Big Ten country, your son should have opted out, right? Because if it's not okay for them, it damn sure shouldn't be okay for him. Uh, and, and he should be at home uh, in his bubble where he can just be around mom and dad. The, that, to me, would, would have been – then Then the rest, of the, the rest of the conversation doesn't take place. But because you're allowing your son to go play, but you've ended – you, you, there's a lot of people, and here's something that, that they're not talking about, and, and Wisconsin did this after the spring. Remember after the spring, the NCAA said, you know, we will give all of our spring sport athletes another year of eligibility. They said that. What did Wisconsin come out and say? Barry Alvarez came out and said, y'all need to move on with your life because we don't have money for this. You're not <laughs> coming back here. And, and obviously, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but, he literally, I mean, but part of that was he literally said, you need to move on with your life. You need to move on to the next chapter because we just don't have room here at Wisconsin to bring you guys back. So now with that in mind, knowing that, that a Big Ten school like Wisconsin doesn't have money, what happens to all these other athletes who are seniors and you just ripped their careers away? You didn't give them a chance to go out on their own and you didn't give them a chance to, to audition for the NFL or audition for whatever is up next for them. Uh, you, you just You made life-altering decisions in the name of science – that the science doesn't support. And and I know I don't you don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into <laughs> politics either, right? But like we can find for every doctor that the Big Ten has, has shown up, we can go get one from Duke has said, No, no, that's not correct.
0: Well, I mean, you get these third party people who have no association with football at all. Right. Who are coming out and questioning the the metrics and, and the studies that these doctors are using in the Big Ten and Pac twelve and they're disproving these studies that they're using. So I mean, there's so much information going around and there's so many studies, and and we're dealing with something that's completely unknown, that it's it's hard to. You right. gotta tread lightly with the information that you're you that you're taking. You gotta be you just gotta be careful with it. Yeah, no question, absolutely no question. So with all this being said about the decision making of the Big Ten, yep, you know we, we don't have to talk about the Pac-12 as much. They're not as out as irate as a lot of the parents, student but athletes, you, and stuff. You notice, are in the Big Ten. That, right?
1: You notice that they have a you haven't had athletes come out and say anything you haven't had parents come out you haven't had administrators like you've had nothing mm-hmm. it's like they're all just content with living in trees
0: outside berkeley uh, it's just it's it's absolutely amazing <laughs> to me yeah but you know so we, we can we can talk about the decision making but it comes back like we were talking about kevin Warren. i honestly believe he should either be forced to resign or should be fired will it happen though with with the way things have gone especially if you know the sec the big 10 or the sec acc and and Big 12 play their season with no issues. What, is this, what does this do to the Big Ten? I, I don't see how
1: if if the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 play all 12 games, right? So they go off, and, and you're going to have some hiccups because somebody's going to contact something. You know, this week alone, yesterday, Baylor's game this weekend with La Tech was canceled. Uh, La Tech said, sorry, but, you know, we all of a sudden have a bunch of coronavirus things and we're not coming. Uh, and, and I know somebody who was supposed to go to the game and is livid, <laughs> livid. I mean, for Christ's sakes, it's Baylor football, right? Yeah. But, but he's livid and, and, you know, I get it. He was looking forward to live football. Uh, and, and I'm sure there's going to be, you know, we've seen ACC games back with, with NC State and Virginia Tech it has been moved back to the twenty six, yeah. right? So we've seen some things already have some sort of hiccup. Um, but if you can get a full season in, you can get to whatever their version of the college football playoff is going to be, and then you have a national champion, um, I don't know how you keep Kevin Warren around. I don't know how you keep Shite around. I don't know how you keep, hell, to me, I don't know if, if you're the board of trustees at these big institutions, I don't know how you keep your presidents and chancellors a- around. And, and obviously there's a lot of contracts and a lot of paperwork and a lot of lawyers who get paid a lot of money to go through that. But I don't know when you look at how much money is being lost and the jobs being lost. And, and I mean, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars right now. Uh, If not close to or over the billion dollar mark uh, when you when you consider everything together. I don't know how you keep people like that around, because this could end up being one of the worst business decisions ever made.
0: And it's not, you know, we can talk money and we can talk politics about it all day, but it also comes down to these schools are going to feel it. In the recruiting area oh yeah i mean you get you're gonna get top athletes are like yeah what if something Mm -hmm. like this happens next year Mm -hmm. what if the big 10 decides you know the flu is a bad season and they don't want to play football in 2022 yep i want to go to a conference that supports football yep and i have a feeling if the big i mean like i said pac-12 is not making any noise but if the big 10 can't get the season started in early october the recruiting is going to feel it massively
1: there's zero reason that the Big Ten isn't playing by October 1. No. Zero reason. Most of these other teams, you know, one one of one of my guys is a starting tight end at NC State, right? So, it's somebody that I talk to a lot. And I get a lot. I always want to see where he's at with, with a lot of things, right? They had eight days at camp. That's all they had. They had eight days. You're going to tell me that, that if the Big Ten wants to play football between now – today is September 9th. You're going to tell me that 17 days of camp or whatever it would be by the time you factor out days off and whatever else isn't enough time to get ready to go play?
0: Well, I mentioned that. Michigan hasn't stopped practicing. Yeah. They've, they've had practices right. <laughs> like they were having a season, and yep. a lot of schools have. Yes, they have. So it's, not, you're not, you, it's not like you're having this – you know, if the Big Ten decided, hey, guys, October 1st, we're playing. Yeah. You know these schools are going to be like, "What? We're out of shape. We haven't done anything right. for the past few Rutgers, weeks. <laughs> yeah." Like <laughs> these guys have been have been preparing, yeah. like they're having a season. So the only issue is scheduling. That's it. That's the only. That's the only hurdle you have to overcome, and that's not even a big one because you released a schedule already. You yep. did. So there's, you know, the testing has been addressed. Mm-hmm. You know, the government has offered to give fast testing yep. to these schools. So there's really, I, I, you know, if player safety was the issue, it's been addressed. And you look at
1: you know the games played the first couple of weeks. You've had zero, zero
0: positive tests come up from these games. Yeah, that I mean, matters. And people talk about how you know we don't have a sample. I mean, other than the Marlins when when they had that breakout. Mm-hmm. You know, NHL's been happening, MLS has been happening, tennis is happening again, baseball's been happening, NASCAR, NASCAR's been happening. You know, you have all these sports mm-hmm. that have been happening, and yeah, there are little places yeah. where you're going to have a, a case or two. That's going to happen. It's a very contagious right. virus. Right. It's going to happen. But you know, we can talk about age groups and stuff with with you know the risk factors and stuff like that. If, if high school players can can play high school football, yep. If Pencil- if Pennsylvania State High School can play, if Michigan State High School can play, which they finally are, and they are now. Why can't Penn State? Yeah. Why can't Michigan, Michigan State? Yep. You know, it just, it doesn't make any sense when you're putting, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds out on a field. Who with, don't have
1: the access to anything with that you zero have. zero
0: access to it. <laughs> right. You know, you won't talk about, and, and they're probably going to classes, a lot yeah. of these kids, you mm-hmm. know, at least with, with college, you can isolate them, have, you know, because they're not in class a lot of time anyway.
1: Most of these guys take online courses. Exactly. So, and I mean, have for a long time.
0: You're not, you're not really, you're not infringing on anything. Right. It's not uncharted territory. With what right. you're asking these college kids to do to play football, especially when they're all contained in a bubble, yep. they're not going out on the on the town every night on the weekends, like, and they would want to do it. They would yep. gladly give up the freedom for us, you know, four months to play football. No question. You know, it's it, it, it's it's mind blowing to me that this is even a conversation. No question. So you know, if if the Big Ten doesn't come to a start date yep. in the next few weeks, the Pac-12 they're standing firm on a spring season. Personally. I think if either conference can't get a start date by the first second week of October, there's no point in playing because at this point you're not playing for a national championship. You know you're, you're playing for rivalry trophies and bragging rights. which right. what are you bragging about? <laughs> I won the April you know season. wipe my
1: butt bowl. Yeah,
0: it's like there, there's no point in playing, <laughs> especially for the fact that right. and th- this is my biggest problem. If you push a, a season to the spring, you're asking these kids who aren't seniors, to play two football seasons with a three-and-a-half-month break in between, not to mention that at that point you still have to do your summer camps and your spring training and stuff like that. Right. So it's it's literally going to be year-round football for these kids. On top of that, you're overlapping the NFL. The seniors who and, and juniors who want to declare early aren't going to play because right. they're going to prep for the draft. Yep. So you're going to have less players. You're going to have none of the impact players that you want to see on a field if you have televised games. I think it's just for optics. I don't think a spring season will actually ever happen. No. I think it's just them trying to say, Hey guys, we're just gonna push it back. We start we're still gonna play, but we're gonna do it later. I don't think it happens. No, I don't think it happens at all either. And and
1: I, I don't think I I I think that the Big Ten and Pac twelve thought much higher of them their standing in life. You know, among the, the, the ego show. The, through. The e- oh, yeah, dude. I mean, this this was the ultimate wee wee measuring contest. Yeah. Right. Like that's <laughs> that's all this was. And they fell way short. Right. Like they didn't even make the table. And and, you know, here's the SEC, the ACC and the Big 12. Uh, and the Big 12 hasn't been all that great either. I mean, like, have they won a college football playoff game yet? Not that I can recall. I think Oklahoma is like over. Right. They've lost to Georgia. They've lost to Clemson a couple of times. They have lost to Alabama. I, I don't. They haven't played for a national title unless my mind no, escapes they, They've me.
0: made it, but they haven't. They have not made it past the first round. Right.
1: So, like, but even they were like, no, no, we're playing a season," and 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 so this, they were really trying to say, "Well, let's go play in the spring," hoping that everybody else would say, "Yes, we're going to go do that," and then when they didn't, instead of just saying, "You know what, our bad." Right. My, my bad, my bad. I, I, we got ahead of ourselves. That would have taken – Colin Powell said it best. Never never hold your ego so close that when it falls, you fall with it. Yep. And they're falling with oh, it. Oh, they are falling hard with it. And and it, it's it's very interesting to see how this is playing out because it's not – they had this vision in their head. You know, like I I do it every month when I balance my checkbook or or I go and I look at my bills and what I think I have coming in and I see it playing out, and then it plays out completely different every month, right? (laughs) And and that's exactly what has happened with with those two conferences. They thought this was going to play out. They thought that the SEC was going to say, yes, that's brilliant. Let's move to the spring. And the SEC
0: put two middle fingers up and was like, nope. You have to be flexible. Yeah. In a a time like this where the information is constantly changing, Mm You have to be flexible. You cannot stand. You know, you can't be proud. No, you cannot be proud. You can't say. You you have to be able to say, "Hey, you know, we acted too too hastily in here, so we're going to change change course." Right. You know, you've got to be flexible. They just don't want to acknowledge it. Acknowledging that
1: you're wrong is really difficult in life. Even if even if you don't make you know five hundred thousand or million dollars or you know whatever it is, even if you don't have a higher level in life than than most people, right? Acknowledging that you are wrong is really difficult to do. And then acknowledging that not only are you wrong, but the fact that that you are again costing thousands of athletes. Time that they'll never get back. You know, I, I think that's a, a big part of this. Is is these these young men and women are never going to get this
0: time back. Yeah, and nobody's apologizing for it. No, and and it, and, and no one's no. talking. Like they're silent on it. Like the Big Ten, they're not talking. They've, no, they they're not being transparent. No, they have you know the only reason that the vote was even released was because of a deposition. Yep, you know like th- they weren't going to let people know, and even then you have presidents and, and people in higher positions in the university saying that they're like, no, right. we didn't vote. Right. They're still saying they didn't vote. And so it's like, who's, where's the right. truth at? Like, what's actually happening here? You know, And on top of all this, you know, the Big Ten, you know, I'm a Big Ten fan. I'm a Michigan fan. So I was hoping that they were going to make the right decisions. And early on, it seemed like they were leading the way. You know, sure. they, they were the first conference to say, hey, guys, we're going not, we're going conference only. Yeah, they were. Then they le- released a non-conference schedule. and like, Hey, guys, here's our schedule. We're going to put it out here. And then eight days later, eight days later, they're like, yeah, we're pulling the plug. Yep. And it's just it doesn't make any sense.
1: And apparently there was a do not resuscitate on file, right? Because they are just not no. trying to plug that machine back in no. at all.
0: And like I said, I mean, you know, when you, when you have presidents and you have right. important people at these uni- at these universities saying that, you know, hey vote didn't happen. Hey, we want to play football. But then even after that, I mean, the fact that no one is talking about this, you have parents, you have players, you have media, everybody's fighting for the Bay 10 to play. Warren's staying silent. You know, all these guys are staying silent in it and they're not giving any transparency when this is a time that everyone needs to be transparent. Sure. Yeah.
1: It's, it is, is absolutely mind blowing, but you know, it'll give us some theater outside of
0: football over the next few months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely gonna, it's going to be interesting. Now, I, I know we've talked about, you know, hopefully the Big Ten getting to a, a start date in October. But right now, the SEC is starting two weeks, yeah. uh, you know, behind the SEC in Big 12. Yep. Do you think that plays into anything when it comes to, you know, the end of the season, playoff picture, you know, ex- two extra weeks of prep for the SEC? Like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: you know, I, I don't know that it plays into anything, to be honest with you. Like, they're going to play. They're going to get their games in. They'll play, I think, they, they will play, what, one less game than the ACC does. is going to play 11. I think the is going to play 10. So I, I don't know that it, it really matters. I don't know. It's, you know, you're still going to have the college football playoff at the end of at the end of December, early January. You'll have the playoff, the, the championship game a couple weeks later. So from that standpoint, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to notice. You know there are always week zero matchups and got in and, and teams that don't play for the first week because of bye week. So to me, there's there's it's not going to be any different than that. And so I, I think from that standpoint, I think they'll be just fine. Um, you know th- that conference is going to be really top heavy, but you know like everybody else, they're just ready to get back out there and play. And I'm sure right now when you you look at at, at COVID and you look at the numbers across the the country, numbers are. Diving everywhere, which is really good. and But I think f- from their standpoint, I thought they played it smart. You're two weeks after the the, the Labor Day holiday, right? So you kind of get a much better gauge of where everything is at and what's going on. And so I, I don't fault them for it. I, I think it's fine. I, you know, I'm excited to see them play as well because uh, the more college football we have, the better.
0: Oh, the more the better. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about Miami playing on Thursday. Yep. What are some other games? I know you're going to be watching Clemson, Lake Forest. The any other you know games that you're going to keep your eye on? I think the North Carolina Syracuse game. Syracuse has been playing decent the last few seasons. Uh, they're surprising a lot of people. And North Carolina is ranked, so that should be interesting if it possibly upset right there. So you know, last
1: year Syracuse came in, uh, and you know they they've got a kid Tommy DeVito, um, and they were really high on him. He was a four-star kid, uh, redshirted his first year, uh, and, and he disappointed last year, right? I, I mean, Syracuse just they couldn't get it going last year. Uh, Dino Babers, to me, is one of the better coaches in the country. Uh, I, I expect them to take a big step forward this year. Uh, I thought they were going to be able to make some noise with some of their original games on their original schedule. Obviously, that goes out the door. Uh, but, yeah, that Syracuse-North Carolina game week one is is absolutely phenomenal. It's a 12 o'clock game on the ACC network. Uh, that, that to me, both of those teams, I think, end up ranked in the top 25. Um, and, and so I think that's going to go a long way. You know, A game that early could potentially decide – who gets to Charlotte? Uh, and and so there's a lot of implications on that game. Uh, you know, being played in Chapel Hill, people weren't going to come to the game anyway, so fans or no fans, <laughs> the atmosphere wasn't going to change. Uh, so looking forward to that one. I'm actually looking forward to, to Notre Dame-Duke. Uh, Chase Bryce was the was Trevor Lawrence's backup for for the first yeah. couple years at, at, at Clemson, and he's been announced uh, as the starter at Duke. And, and so I think a lot of Clemson people are excited to see him uh, in yeah, you know, if you can take down Notre Dame, you will submit your legacy at Duke in, in the first game. 20%. So uh looking forward to that. There aren't a whole lot of games week one, uh, you know, as far as top twenty-five teams go. Uh, but that one is, is definitely a good one. Um you know, the rest of them is like Texas, Utep, Oklahoma, Missouri State, Iowa State, Louisiana. Like it's just okay, great. You know, UCF is playing Florida International. Not a big deal, but yeah, t- to me the ACC slate with, with North Carolina, Syracuse, and Clemson, Wake Forest to me are, uh, and obviously Notre Dame, Duke, like that sets up almost perfectly. Noon, three o'clock, and seven thirty.
0: Yeah, I mean your your Clemson Tigers playing in the primetime slot on ABC. Yes, so sir. Be nice To to wrap up the day of you know first week first of football.
1: time ever game day will be at Wake Forest. Really, they're yep. actually going to be there. They are going to be there.
0: Okay, I assumed they were going to do it remotely.
1: <laughs> yeah, allegedly they're going to be
0: there. Okay. Uh, no students. That's going to be weird.
1: Yeah, isn't that the whole part of game day? Is is to to create the ambiance early in the day? I mean,
0: at this at this point, they're so deep in game day, and it, it's sure. it's changed so much, and and they submitted themselves as you know such a big part of college football. They have, you know, it, it it's bigger than just fans now. It's 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 part of the experience. No question. So we know that the you know the top twenty five. I know a lot of people have their their thoughts on it. I'm not a huge fan of the top twenty five because. Kind of arbitrary. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter anymore. With it doesn't the really matter Playoff rankings. Yeah. yeah, and so with that, but we're seeing a lot of teams from conferences not playing mm-hmm. still ranked. And I, you know, at this point in time, I can understand it because you never know. Correct. The Big Ten changes course. Yeah. But let's say week one happens. Yep. Do these Big Ten and Pac-12 teams do they remain in the top twenty-five or are they just dropped completely
1: out? No, so I think what you're going to see is is AP top twenty-five voters will will completely eliminate them once they're not playing. Um, you know, I, I, they'll obviously have a week two ranking coming out. Um, they'll leave the SEC teams in there at that point. Some of them may get leaked because they haven't played yet. Uh, but yeah, I think you'll see all of the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams completely drop out uh, once the, the the the
0: voting gets going for sure. So I know. So a lot of college football fans, myself included, you know, our team, my team, is out out of the season for now. Yeah, they are. So. You know, a lot of people are kind of hopping on the on the train of, you know, hey, I need a team to root for this year. Who's it going to be? So let's go and Clemson's still playing, so you have a chance. But if you had to, let's say Clemson wasn't in, is there a team that you feel has a legitimate shot at not you know, making the playoff and also maybe winning the playoff? That I would root for. Yeah, that no. you would jump on. <laughs> no.
1: I'm just not a bandwagon guy, man. Like I, I like my teams.
0: I, I, I mean, I'm in the same way. But at the same time, my team's not playing. Right, but my team is right. So like, exactly. that's so a real. It's, hard, it's okay, a hard question. Okay, so what for about you. you though? Like, who, who, whose bandwagon are you jumping on? you better make the right fucking answer. I mean, Clemson obviously is the favorite. Sure. Like I think Clemson. I mean, I'll make going. room for the bandwagon if you really want. <laughs> I mean, Clemson is going to make it in, and they're, they they yes. have a very good chance of winning it. I think. Yes. Um, if I had to pick a team from the outside. I'm a big Sam Ellinger fan. I think Texas could make the playoff. I don't think they're going to win it by any means. I'm
1: not even worried about that, that. But I do think that they can Sam, make the playoff.
0: I'm, worried. I'm back on the – you're a Sam Ellinger fan. I think he's a good baller. He still wears pull-ups. <laughs> I think he's a good baller. He's not, he won't be an NFL quarterback. No. But I think for the college game, he does well. Does he? I think so. He's fun to watch. Wow, it's an opinion. Man. I, di- I did not know that we were going to drink and do this <laughs> thing at the same time. I wish I had known that. Like uh, I said, if this was a normal season, it wouldn't even come out of my mouth. But it's different times. So, so your man crushes on Sam Allinger. Okay. Um, Words in my mouth. now. <laughs>
1: um, I, I mean, God, I I don't. You're looking at at dark horses outside the top, like the preseason top four. Because every year there's at least one or two teams, you know, one or two of of the four that make it usually come from outside the preseason top five. Um, So I I think if I'm looking outside the top five, some people would probably say Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is overrated in at least two games. Uh, Ian book to me is not very good. Nope. Uh, Brian Kelly is a, is, is a Brian Kelly is a terrible coach. Uh, so if I'm going to go outside the top five, I'm going to say a team that you've already mentioned. We've talked about a little bit with with UNC. Mac Brown just seems okay. to know how to get it done. Sam Howell is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know they've got a really good defense. Uh, so I think that's a team here in year number two under Mac Brown that that can make some noise. God, um, <clears throat> uh, you see how I was respectable for your pick. You know, I didn't, I didn't hound on yeah, you. Yeah, but but my pick was beat you ridiculous. down. <laughs> Okay, but we have to, you should know what to expect from me at this point. <laughs> um, I mean, besides, this is what podcast should be about, right? Like, exactly. you gotta have fun. Um, so, I, I would say in the ACC, I would go North Carolina outside of Clemson. Uh, in the SEC, uh, I, I'm not a fan of what they're doing at Auburn. Um, this is basically Clemson's coaching staff from 2012. Mm. Um, you know, with with uh, Steele as the defensive coordinator. Uh, and then what's his name? Uh, uh, Chad Morris, an offense coordinator. Like literally, the two coordinators that Clemson had when they got r- just run off the field by West Virginia in, in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, Alabama to me is an easy pick. Um, Georgia, Florida, obviously. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Georgia. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Kirby Smart by any stretch of the no. imagination. Um, I, I don't know that that there's a guy who who's doing less with more than Kirby Smart is. <laughs> um.
0: Uh, so you know, I would me, go Florida. I think if if they can get their quarterback yeah. situation figured out, I think they can make waves.
1: No, I, I think they can. Um, you know, g- can Dan Mullen pull it together though? Right? Like, can he put it together on the field? Is Is he a championship level coach? He's got a championship level roster. He does. Uh, and, and I think even when you, you know he, they found a, a diamond in the rough in, in their quarterback uh, who who played very well last year. Uh, And apparently I was reading an article on him on the way in while I should have been driving uh, (laughs) where, where where task has, has gone back through and he's watched every single play that he made last year, every single play that, that he was a part of last year to see what he did differently. So he's putting the time in. So I I think Florida is absolutely one of those teams that, that that can shock some people this year. Uh, And then if you go over to uh, the the big 12, I'm not a fan of Oklahoma. I'm not a fan of Texas. Um, I don't know what to expect out of Baylor. Um, you know, I, I, new coach, I don't I don't think they rebound. I, yeah, I, I just don't, you know, f- from what I'm hearing, they didn't even have a quarterback battle. They're just going to run the same kid out there who missed, like, 30 games last year because of injury. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you had to pick a team out of the Big 12, um, I, sh- just give me Oklahoma State at that point, right? Like, I just. <laughs> the mullet, go with the mullet. Yeah, yeah go with the mullet, screw it. Mullets can't be wrong all the time. <laughs> Uh, so, like, those would be the teams that I would say outside the top five coming into the season that, that maybe have a legitimate shot at, no. at doing something um, other than the, the normal heavyweights, right? Because we know Clemson's going to be there. We know Alabama's going to be there. Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't include LSU because that team is going to be really bad this year. Yep. Um, you know, Oklahoma will probably be there because Lincoln Raleigh is a really good coach. Yes. is. Um, I, I don't know that I believe in anything that, that's going on in Austin with Texas, uh, so I'll leave them out of it as well. Uh, but yeah, outside of the conventional thinking, I'll I'll say UNC, Florida, uh, and then Oklahoma State.
0: And to backtrack to Florida's quarterback situation a little bit, yeah, you know, I do like Trask. I think he's good, but Florida's had the same situation for the past five seasons. You know, you think you found your guy, and the guy falls apart. Yeah, Will Greer, Felipe Franks. So I mean, will Trask be able to recreate the stuff he was doing last yeah. year, or will he fall apart? I
1: think that but that's that the answer to that question is going to be the key to their success. hundred percent because they have they have talent around him on both sides of the ball. Uh, this should be one of the better Florida teams in the last 10 years. Um, you know if, if he can put it together and keep his
0: nose clean, they'll be fine. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode one of Hitting the Gap Podcast. This was a lot of fun, Jeff. It was. It was. It'll get better. It'll, it'll get, get better. better. It's first time, you know. You'll we'll get bounce. better. Yeah, You're exactly. Terrible. Hey, no, for real, though, like, I'm, you know, I've done on-air stuff here and there, but Jeff is, Jeff is the pro at that. I've always been behind the scenes. I'm still behind the scenes in news. So it's nice to be in the forefront of it, but Jeff's going to guide me along the way for sure. No, it was a lot of fun, man. I, I look forward to uh, episode number two. Yeah, so episode two will be coming out in less than a week. Enjoy some college football this weekend. We'll talk about the games. We might have to talk about some. Are you are you a betting man? Do you like talking? I am not. You don't like talking odds and never-unders and I stuff am, like that. I am not a betting man. I don't. I learned a long time ago. If I don't have control over it, don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we might dabble in some in some be, some betting advice and stuff like that. I enjoy talking college football uh, bets and stuff like that. So uh, stick around for week two. Make yeah. sure you follow us on Twitter at hitting the gap it's at hitting t gap is our handle but if you type in hitting the gap you should find it uh also follow jeff benedict what's your uh what's your j ben sports and you can follow me at justin underscore Or sorry it's j ransom tv i changed it There you go. he's the only one that's verified i am verified thanks for news my news job got me verified so yeah j ransom tv and we'll see you next week guys